0: The following resource is presented by the Counseling and Conference Services of IOM America. Welcome to A Counselor's Point of View. Hi, my name is Steve Finney and I will be your host. Okay, we want to welcome our online listeners this morning. This morning's message is entitled, Discipline for the Psychological Area of Life. Now we've been in the middle of an identity series, so those of you who are just joining us, uh, we really want to encourage you, believe it or not, to go right back to the library and click on identity number one. I know that we have some new online students in Tanzania. And also Uganda. And I want to remind you, if you are listening, to start with number one. I would encourage you to go back. Take them one at a time because they literally layer upon layer until we get to the point of how this is going to affect some of the most practical areas of our lives. It now starts to affect the uh, social area of life, the marital area of life, the parental area of life, and we will finish our series with the financial. How our identity in Jesus Christ affects our finances. Someone please tell me what the Lord said is how you understand where a man's heart is. What's that? What are their treasures? Yeah, what's in your wallet? It's not much in mine, but... But it's true. Where a man spends his money, that means man or woman, is where their heart is. So that's why I like to, when I talk to people and they say, well, I'm a big you know, giver in the church and I blah, blah, blah. I like to ask them, well, where's your money going? So you give it to your local church, do you know where they're sending it? Most are more aware of where they spend their money and where their taxes go. And they fight that issue than where the church is sending their money. You have a responsibility to talk to your pastor to find out where the money's going. Because that's where the heart of the church is going to be. Is it in knowing the cross and the power of the exchange life? Or is it in just spreading some kind of gospel by rebuilding churches or digging wells or whatever the case may be? Nice things I might say. But you need to talk to your pastor to find out where... The money is going. So that discloses the heart of the church, it discloses the heart of the people, it discloses your heart. That's why we will finish this identity series on your identity and finances. What is the term character mean? They're integral. Okay, that's the worldly definition of character. It is one. Who is filled with integrity. Means they are a, like a justice scale. They're constantly weighing for an equality of justice. That's the world's view of character. Okay? Which isn't, it isn't bad. It's not necessarily biblical, but it's not bad. Because Christ Himself is the justice scales. Not the lady with the blindfold thing on. Christ is the measurement of justice. So there's some good in there. But let's uh, move forward here a little bit. Developing character, strong and upright character in the life of an indwell believer is what God determines to develop in order that He might be demonstrated and glorified here on earth. He might be demonstrated. So that he might show you how and glorify here the glorification is his glorification here on earth. He wants to be known. As the world would classify it, as he wants to be famous. Famous is not necessarily a prideful word. He's the only one that has the right to be glorified. He's the only one that has the right to say, I am the I am. He has that prerogative. We need to give Him that prerogative. And He wants to demonstrate that He has that prerogative through you as an indwelt believer. Whose character, therefore, is being revealed? The character of the Father. Why did Jesus say, For whatever you see Me doing, it is not I who does it, but... Someone fill in the blank. His Father. He also said, Whatever you hear Me say to you, it is not I who says it, but the Father. Father. It's always about the Father. What is the number one thing attacked in the world today? Fatherhood. Satan wants to dethrone fatherhood. And there is a particular religion out there that kept pastors intact with its original definition. And that is, a priest is a father. Priest means father. That's why that religion uses that term, priest and father. They looked at him and say, "Father Philip, or Father, you know, Andrew, or Father, whatever." That is the most appropriate biblical term of a pastor, spiritual father. No, we don't want to use that anymore because it sounds too shepherdy, sounds too cultish. Well, why is the largest growing church in the entire world given permission to use it, but the Protestants cannot? That's a good question you need to answer. Satan himself considers himself a father. Scripture tells us that God makes everything that happens in life fit into a pattern of good to those who love Him from within and are called for His purpose. If you are an indwell believer, God only knows that, but if you are, You've been given a purpose. I promise you that. The reason why I promise you that is because the Scriptures promise you that. With a capital P. There's a promise given that you are given a purpose. And it isn't to sit around every day helping someone, you know, fix something once in a while. It isn't. It's a purpose of giving away, demonstrating The very life of Jesus Christ in you. It's very active. We soft sell the gospel like it's some kind of ice cream social. We make it as sweet as as we can and, and palatable as we can so that people are not reacting like this. The day that I start doing that, I pray the Lord takes me off the face of the earth. That is the most disgusting form of Christianity I have ever encountered in my entire life. It's just making it so soft and sweet and fluffy and puffy that you're not even sure what they're saying to you. You don't even have any warnings anymore you're going to hell. I just happen to be given a commission by the Lord of warning the emergent church. My thing isn't evangelism. But I am getting evangelism as a result. Do you understand? God told me, in many words of knowledge, it's been in my journal for many years, that my message is to the emergent church. Those who think they're saved, and they're not, they're going to hell. Because they are not demonstrating the true love of Jesus Christ. They're not hot. They're not sizzling. Cold is someone who looks at God and says, I know you exist, and I don't care. That's cold. To see a parent can deal with that because they're saying one simple factor. I know you exist. But see a lukewarm person, they're always like, well, yeah, he does exist. And then tomorrow you're like, God, you know, sometimes I wonder if you're even there, or if you're just... And they're just blown by the wind according to the circumstances in their life. That's an emergent person. That's someone who is merging darkness and light. Someone please fill in this blank for me, Matthew 5. But it says that let your yes be yes and your no be no. Anything above and beyond this is of evil. See, liars don't say no or yes. They feed you back. I get it in text messaging all the time. I ask direct questions and I either don't get a response or I get this, The Lord thy God loveth thee to the ends of the earth. And What? You see, we have covered ourselves in the cliches of righteousness. Liars. I want to hear from people what they're, what they're struggling with, where they're at, what, are they, what they think towards their spouse or their children. I want to hear the guts of where the Spirit is working inside them. Don't give me this emergent stuff. The Lord God winneth at all times. I got that one yesterday. And I'm sorry if my, my spiritual son who sent me that is listening to this podcast. But I'm telling you, it's emergent. Don't cover me with icing. Give me the truth that sets us free. That's what's being talked about here. And it doesn't mean it's always harsh and, un, and, and, and unenabling. A lot of times it's very soft and sweet. But not all the time. The other thing that God told me to watch for is to see if this body that I have given to you to enable through the power of the Holy Spirit, begins to function in purpose. What are they doing in purpose? Is it advancing the community? Is it advancing their neighbor? Or is it advancing the inward life of Jesus Christ? That's what you need to be watching for. The question that needs to be addressed here is just how is the character and the image likeness accomplished? Unless a person understands the exchange life, Christ within you, there's only one way to answer that question. The non-Christian or Christ's life worker only has education as its answer. I really hope and pray that everyone who's listening is getting this particularly some of my brothers in Africa, you have been duped into thinking you need to get to the local Christian college and get yourself a pastoral degree before you can start preaching and teaching. I say liar, liar, pants on fire. Because the Holy Spirit is the teacher through you. If you get education on top of that, that's great. They think degrees is associated with transforming education. no. It is the life of Christ that does all the transforming. If I get education on top of that, it is just a benefit. It's not life. What was it that Mike, the job, dirty job Mike guy said about education that got world attention? Jane, do you remember? It's government giving money they don't have to students To get an education for jobs that don't exist and they'll never get. I mean, that's just common sense, uneducated guy going, there's something wrong with our system here. Yeah, there is. This is God's focus, Christ in you, the mind of Christ in you. The entire world of Christendom is built on the foundation of education equals transformation. If you just knew how many billions of dollars we spend by handing something to someone because you're afraid to tell them. Here, read this track. Here, read this book. Here, read this what this man has to say. Well, it's not to say that that is bad because it's not. God has used it for for centuries. I am telling you if you're using it as your purpose, you are afraid of Jesus Christ and the reputation thereof. You say it the way God gives it to you. And then leave them with the track. Leave them with the book to reinforce what it is God said through you. The problem with this type of stinky thinking is that sixty seven percent of the world not only can't read but do not have access to biblical aids to advance their lives from an external point of view. It's like the the prosperity doctrine. I mean think about it. prosperity doctrine in my mind is always about money and Christians have the right and privileged by God to be rich. No, prosperity doctrine goes much deeper than that. They only work in a prosperous economy. That's the problem with prosperity doctrine. If you turn a a country upside down and make it a poverty country, let's say America truly did get decolonized, as our present president is working on. And we truly do make it known to the entire world that we are one of the poorest countries in the world. Are we? Who has more national debt than any country in the entire world? Who's really poverty... You see, if the truth really got out on who really is poverty, prosperity doctrines will no longer work in this society. See what I'm saying? What is the best and fastest way to turn someone upside down with their Christianity? This Christian nation under God always prospering is to tell the world the truth. They are not prosperous. They are people of debt. Never, this is a secular quote, never trust someone who is in debt. Well, let's just put it where it belongs. Never trust a country who is in debt and stays in debt. I call that, duh, because they'll suck you into their debt. Where debt is, is where false beliefs are. Try pushing those doctrines in a country where the people can't find a clean glass of water to have to quench their thirst. They, they laugh at you. I don't know if I read to you my spiritual son's quote from Uganda about America. Here's what he says. Do me a favor and encourage the African church to see the United States as a mission field. He says, when Africa was in darkness, he said, we sent our finest young people like the message of the cross and to bring uh, the light of the gospel, which I think what he's meant, you sent them to us. Today, the situation is reverse. Africa is full of light of the gospel And the African church is on fire. The United States is dead in their trespasses and darkness. Please pray for the African church and as God provides to send missionaries from Africa to the United States. I am in 100% agreement with Him. We are living in a culture that is being lied to so frequently we have no more energy An effort left in our mortal bodies to fight it. If you lie to someone enough, repetitively, over and over and over, the person being lied to gets exhausted. And they give up on trying to stop the lies from coming. And guess what happens, whether it's in a marriage or a country. The spouse joins the lies. The country joins the lies. And now you can walk into most churches and say what I just said, and I guarantee you they will not invite me back to that church. I don't want to hear it. It's too much. Accomplishing character changes. So now we have the answer to just how we accomplish true and honorable character change in the indwelt believer from a life source outside of our mortal being. The indwelling life of Christ. It is imperative that we embrace the truth that we are not born with characteristics of the life of Christ. Christian humanism begs to disagree. And that's exactly what it is. Christian humanism. Christ followers who have blended humanism with Christian beliefs. Does not make them a Christian. Humanism with Christian beliefs. There is an actual religious cult out there called Christian Science that has done a refined job of this. But I've got to tell you, they have infiltrated more evangelical Christians in this country than you realize. Humanism says, I can do it. People who focus on the lie that there is good in everyone are sustained by the life of Satan. It is his foundation that there's good inside everyone. There's only two places you'll have an aha of this one. Only two. Standing before the Spirit of life. He's not in you yet. But you are somewhere in your life where you're standing before a spirit. You can't even see him but you know you're before this presence of God and you have this aha of there is no good in me and I'm going to hell. That's the one moment. And supposedly everyone is given that moment. Some are so used to hearing the lies they've joined the spouse in their lying. Satan. The other moment, someone want to tell me about that one? When would it be? Judgment. Great White Throne of Judgment. You'll hear it again. Those people will hear it. Every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, which means supreme. There is nobody but Him who deserves this honor and glory. So, every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is owner, which is what Lord means. Owner, of me, of the universe, the earth, the owner. Two chances. Wrong. One chance. Because if you hear it on the other side, it's too late. Condemnation shall follow. But on earth, when you have that moment, when you actually hear, if there's someone listening right now and you're hearing the spirit of the living God say, You are nothing. And you shall go to hell without My Son indwelling in your life. This is your moment. Fall on your face. Repent of your sins. Ask that God would send the indwelling life of Jesus Christ into your mortal body through a supernatural act of the Holy Spirit. You shall see eternity forever and ever. But if you do not, you shall join your Father. You shall join brothers and sisters to the pit of darkness and condemnation forever. It's a simple choice. But if you've been lied to, you've been one of these people who have been sucking up to the enemy and these half-twisted truths of the Bible, I'm afraid you're not going to repent today. It's not going to happen. The emergent church has blended humanism and Christianity to such an extent that Christ, in the body of Christ, is lost to the goodness found by well-wishers of humanism. You're just lost. You're just trying to find your way to go. Isn't there some good in humanity? Isn't there... Didn't God blend evolution with creationists? And... We come up with these funky philosophies that insult the mind of Christ. If you can't experience conviction of what I'm saying right now, you need to be praying a different kind of prayer. Humanism is the likeness of Satanism. Do you understand that? That's why we are rid of this humanism that is destroying us. And there's come, God doesn't reinvent humanism. He gives us a brand new body. He gives us a brand new home. He gives us a brand new heaven. He gives us a brand new brand. Everything's brand new. This humanism thing was set up for a distinct purpose. Which we'll discuss more later. There are two ways to manifest character qualities. First being a mindset of to replicate, and the second is allowing the character of another to express itself through a vessel. The human body is this vessel, which for true born-again believers is the temple of the very life of Christ. The temple had to be destroyed. God used the Romans to destroy this temple. He ripped the veil even before he released the Romans to destroy the temple. So that people no longer would run to a building. Is this not true? So that Christians would realize, indwelt Christians, I might add, would realize that we are the temple, not a building. Can someone please tell me the worst habit the Church of America has developed? Where the majority of our money goes in budgets? I have a friend that pastors a church in Phoenix. Their annual budget would take care of the entire country of Uganda. The entire country of Uganda. Their entire budget of Uganda for one full year. Why? You go onto their campus and you'll see exactly why. Long gone are volunteers in the church. If I pay the pastor to do it, he needs to do it. Long gone or let's make sure we make this church continue to function without having to pour money into buildings, into this, and to that, and carpet and you know on and on and on. That's what's happened to us. That day's coming to an end. We don't act like a poverty country because we have credit cards. But the day is coming. When we will no longer be granted loans as Christians to pay for our buildings. Any pastor that I know of that is thinking through the end times is thinking about that. Since the wannabe Christians have no life from within, to release or manifest, they must replicate what they admire. So they look at their pastor and they go, well, he does it, so I'll do it. Really? Really? I pray none of you do what I do. I pray all of you do what He does. Do you see the difference? We're all frail, weak humanoids. And by hearing Christ in us, we literally become a model for each of us. That's how it's supposed to be. It goes on to say, most of the time this is accomplished through the blending of men-women They wish to be like, and the other is through the observation or study of what they admire in the life of Christ by the way of external education. That is why, most of you know, I have this thing about devotions. And many people got to get up in the morning, and they got to have their devotions, Because they think by external to internal, it changes their attitude of the day. They think by reading and studying the Scriptures that it is going to affect their mindset of their circumstances. I'm afraid that's not life. I read the Word because I am hungry for the Word. I read the Word because I... Going through life and the Spirit gives this passage to me. So I go to the Word and I see that and I read it and I go, wow, bearing witness with what is already in me. But people who use devotions like it's some kind of ritual to change their mindset, they don't get it. Whether you're a family member of mine or an enemy of mine, it doesn't make any difference to me because I am not changing my view on this. Because I know how it works. It is through the mind of Christ being revealed through us that changes us. Then when we read, if we know how, if we're not a part of the 67% of the world, if we know how to read, it will bear witness with what we already know. Yes, I know that. Oh, I was thinking of that last week. See, it's bearing witness. It's talking to itself. And our minds get to hear and join in on their confirmation. Character must be manifested of an overflow of the actual life of Christ in the believer. This release of the character of Christ is done through choices. The bad character elements seen in a believer are a result of dependence on the individual's own mind, will, and emotions. The chooser in the believer, is the key to Christ's life living. Right choosing is the essence of obedience to God and thus growth in the intimacy with the indwelling life of Christ. You see, Christ is at the center of our lives whether we listen or not. Christ speaks through itself to renew our mind. Our wills, choose to believe this renewal of thought, goes into our emotions as getting excited about it, comes out into the body as human behavior. If you go backwards, I'm sorry, I mean, I fall into this category, and I'm, anyone who's listening, I really believe falls in this category. They're being lied to. If I have to read things from my five senses... To change my emotions so I have a better day. Then I choose to believe that is the truth. So it renews my mind. Where is Christ in that? You say, well, christ that's how Christ reaches us is through the Word. Yeah. Where? Show me where it says in the written Word that it's the written Word that does it. It is God who is the Word. Who came to dwell among us through the life of Jesus Christ. He ascended so the Spirit would descend, become the voice box of the Word that that Word comes from within to the outside. Then as we read the letters that are documentary testaments of this truth I just told you about, it illuminates. It speaks to itself. So I'm not putting down the written word, God forbid. I'm just telling you how it works. That message is not preached very often because I don't believe there's too many preachers that understand it. As a believer practices right choosing, the life of Christ is released and true growth is actualized through renewal of mind and thereby real-to-life transformation occurs. Christ's character is revealed in a person when one chooses to allow what Christ desires To do in and through the believer. Even though they don't feel like doing it, it is not a choice of replicating or reproducing. It is a release of his actual doing through each of us as vessels. It's a release. So, be afraid stops the release. There's no one going to change. My view of how to stop the Holy Spirit from being released in you, because there's too many scriptures that say fear. Fear involves punishment. Remember first John, the beloved of Jesus? Fear involves punishment. Fear involves this condemnation, this it stops. It doesn't release, it stops. So why do Christians shoot their own that are wounded? Why do Christians finish him off? Because of fear. Punishment. Fear involves punishment. What did Jesus' beloved say about fear and love? Does any verse come to mind? What did uh, Jesus' beloved John say about love and fear? I'll give you the first couple of words. Perfect love casts out fear. So that brings us back to our initial discussion about love. And the way that you're going to be able to look at each other starting hopefully this moment forward is if your love is homemade, fake, maybe you got it from the Bible and tried to replicate it, you are not going to see a release in you. It's fake. But if you see a release by behavior, a release in you, you might be actually touching the face of God and the love life He has given you in a way you never have before. Perfect love chases away I am afraid. And if fear is controlling your behavior, you're going to turn to an external fashion of changing behavior. What I read Well, I'm going to memorize what Francis Chan said. That's really good. I'm going to write a plaque on that one. That's really good what he said about that verse. Oh, wow. Pastor Rob said that. Yeah, I remember that. That's what we do. Talk about insulting Jesus Christ. Any man who takes ownership of Jesus' words is acting as a fool. Because this simpleton right here, this this mind here knows it isn't me. I don't have that kind of ability. I don't have that kind of wisdom. And anyone who thinks they do have some kind of wisdom outside of Christ revealing his own thoughts through that person, is of a wisdom that James chapter 3 talks about, and I'll quote it for you. Any wisdom that is of jealousy and selfish ambition is earthly, natural, and demonic. There are only two kinds of wisdom. And I want to close with this thought. Because I've got a bunch of pastors that I love and talk to through the week that are caught up in education. I'm telling you this. There's only one kind of wisdom that is from heaven. And that's what Paul was referring to of this great mystery. And any other kind of wisdom is earthly, educational, natural, common sense, or demonic. I don't want to hear your common sense stuff. I don't want to hear your educational learnings. Because it's demonic. Unless it came from the mind of Christ inside you. Then I want to hear it. That's a mystery, that's a wisdom that will transform my mind. Father, I want to thank you for the power and authority of your word, your life, your truth, the very way you paint out, pave out for us to walk and live. I just ask in Jesus' name and the power of the Holy Spirit that we all would be transformed by this message of truth. Father, the lies that are being thrown around in the minds of your children right now is just beyond, it's beyond anything I can even try to bear. And I know it takes the life of your son to bear it. Father, fear involves punishment. We are doing enough of that to fellow bridal members. It's just gotta stop. I pray that I become one of those that just assist in stopping, shooting our own wounded, Father, instead of nursing them to true life. I just pray that today would be a day that is used, Father, to bring about more transformation in and through us. And Father, we only pray in the power and authority of Jesus' name. Amen.